0: video games podcast my name is brendan bigley i'm steven Helger. i uh, i pluralized video game this time i made mean, it video games because we're gonna be talking about upwards of three <laughs> video games today and the reason
1: i said uh was because i went to pull up my notes and i almost hit stop recording and that would have been sick um <laughs> yeah it's what the fans want i think that's what the fans want hey it's
0: yeah. <laughs> That, that's what it sounds like when you shut
1: off the podcast. It yeah. goes like, "Oh, I'm oh, sorry."
0: It, it does me. It does. Yeah, that's yeah. Audacity just puts that appends that into the MP3 file. Yeah. Audacity goes well.
1: Excuse
0: me. <laughs> it's a
1: free program, so you know, it comes with some hurdles. But, yeah. Uh, right. You, you know, you get what you pay for. Brendan,
0: uh, mm-hmm. I have been playing a new game, and I'm excited to talk about it with you. I am excited to hear about it because it's a franchise that I've wanted to play for a long time for reasons that escape me I don't know what it is it j- always just feels like like I should be playing these games and I haven't so I'm excited you know to hear about it
1: yeah and I think it's interesting to point out because I think that like talking about games as much as I have with you I think we have a weird shared unconscious with series we want to check out and then either of us will do the impulse jump it's like I have all of them now a, <laughs> you know I've seen everything like you'll text me at three like I've played the new Qbert I'm like oh good um, yeah. well now I don't have to do it no, I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. So I did that with Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Oh, I um, love that subtitle! Great subtitle. I know, right? I mean, if you're at eleven, you got to pull out some new stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> like, like time
0: you, time Hubert's in it. Yeah, it's is <laughs> the subtitle. <laughs> Dragon Quest Twelve. This time, Cube echoes it. of the echoes of the Cube. Uh, um, wow, I can, I, good Lord. that is probably the shortest time to episode title <laughs> we have ever gotten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Hi, this is Steven and Brendan. Uh, uh, fart sixty four. Okay, um, here we are. <laughs> I'm gonna call that the TTT from now on. The time to title. That's good. That's good. We'll keep a record of it. Yes, um, that actually might be a, a fun
1: thing to track. Anyway, like you, I have not perplexingly, I have not played a single Dragon Quest game with the exception of I had that Game Boy game that was Dragon Quest monsters where it was basically oh, yeah. Pokemon, but with all the monsters from Dragon Quest. So the reason I had an impulse to play this game is I feel like as someone who has been vocally an, an admirer of of RPGs, mm-hmm. I feel like it was like. I just kind of had to play a Dragon Quest game eventually. This is like as classic as you get. Yeah. Um, a bit of info about the series: uh, Yuji Horii. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he was the creator. Also, most notably for me, he was the scenario writer for Chrono Trigger, which is uh, like yes, yes, yes. One of those games that I think made me realize I loved this this medium as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And also, Akira Toriyama um, does all the art and character and monster design. Um, he also worked on Corner Trigger, actually. So I think they called that the dream team because it was the two of them. And then I believe uh, one
0: other person that
1: I can't remember. Right
0: now. <laughs> uh, Toriyama so, uh, also works on the Dragon Ball franchise. Yes, which exactly. Is worth so, noting.
1: Yeah. And and it's definitely like in the same realm of style throughout. So, yeah. Um, similar see, like Yeah. The main character is
0: basically Future Trunks.
1: <laughs> and there's some monsters you come across i'm like these are just namekians aren't they um uh but yeah so i picked up 11 uh for the ps4 uh it's also on the 3ds and i believe it's coming out
0: on the switch not too far into the future yeah it is coming to switch in 2019 which um i'm excited to pick up after hearing you talk about it for the next question mark minutes because i <laughs> know that's exactly minutes, yeah. how this is gonna work you're gonna you're gonna um, talk about it and i'm gonna say okay it's a must buy and i'm gonna impulse buy it the moment it comes out
1: This is probably the most like classic JRPG experience you can get that is also like a new game. (laughs) Like so I I I did some I did some investigation into the series after getting this. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that has both been something that fans admire about the series and something that other people kind of have issue with is the fact that this series has really not changed since the late 80s okay um they've kind of stuck to a tried and true formula and for better or for worse that's what you're gonna get so with this one in dragon quest 11 um the graphics have been updated it's really beautiful i i was kind of on the fence at first of like seeing 3d versions of akira Toriyama's art because i'm just like that might like i feel like when you do that with some artists you kind of tiptoe you
0: tiptoe into
1: uncanny valley mm. um but this super works I, I think the game is
0: gorgeous yeah i think a dragon ball fighter z has proved anything is that that art style translates to 3d like oh, super well right but that's not real like it's that's sort of like 2.5 d
1: in a weird way um this is like fully rendered 3d models brendan just walked away from the mic so i'm gonna do my type five hey is this thing on uh hey you know what the uncanny valley when you see uh 3D models of of uh, beloved 2D art. Uh, don't you get a weird feeling? Anyway, that's my time. Uh, thank you for coming out on Tuesday at two in the morning. Goodbye. Um, I'm back. Brendan's back. Uh, what was I saying? 2.5D. 2.5D. Yeah. So the art is beautiful. The one thing I will say, uh, the music is a little weird. Like the actual score is good, but the music sounds like it would be how it would sound on like an nes or snes game yes but the graphics are like full ps4 style so (laughs) they kind of clash in a a way choice yeah it's it's sort of like uh it's like in octopath traveler where they had 2d sprite art with like fully rendered 3d like water and stuff it's the exact opposite worked this is the opposite on a sonic level where it's like this music um you get used to it but i think like Uh, as someone who often like looks for and highlights music in games, Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that kind of takes me out of it. Sometimes interesting, especially because it often doesn't change for like when it probably should for dramatic sake. So like there's some dramatic scenes in dungeons and the music is like, and it's like, (laughs) which makes me laugh, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's kind of, so I will say, I haven't really said my opinion on it. I'm enjoying it a lot. I think I think that as someone like me who has played a lot of RPGs, um, I like a game like this that, uh, you know, it's, it's very traditional, but it's also not like... I'm finding with the random encounters that every enemy is tough enough that the fight is always interesting, mm. um, despite the fact that the actual mechanics of the combat don't have... The level of intricacy and depth that octopath or persona five do right so like i think you are back to a world where you're just kind of clicking attack or clicking spell mm-hmm. um but the actual experience is is somehow a lot of fun despite all these years of kind of not straying from it
0: um do you think that's mostly due to the like cohesive art style and just like world building like what, what, what it, do you attribute that to if it's if it's so classic
1: I think it's the one really wise choice is that like in Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, and Let's Go Pikachu Eevee, you see enemies walking around in the wild. So you can actively run away from them if you don't wanna fight. So that's good. We're not we're not dealing with a reality in which you take five steps and then the world's like does a dissolve PowerPoint transition, and then you're fighting a, a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, star um, wipes
0: to an Namekian, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and the thing that I'm enjoying, like I've only, I think I've probably put six hours into the game, so I'm still pretty early on. Mm. But what I'm enjoying is just the variety of strange monster designs. Like, sometimes you just look at a monster, like I just got to fight this thing because I need to know like what its deal is. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely see the influence that it had on Undertale, oddly enough, because a lot of the enemies will do weird actions that are described in kind of a colorful way. Like what? Well, they just have a lot of personality and that was something that undertale sought to explore on a narrative level where it's like you fight and kill all these monsters, but if they have, if they have these designs and and these, and these actions they take, maybe there's also a story behind them and maybe it's worth examining why you're just killing them on Mm. site. So that's Undertale's kind of meta dive. This game is not doing that. You're just, <laughs> you know, yeah. running from town to town, fighting things that 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 present themselves to you. Um, uh, but I think, like, one, like, well, there's an enemy called the Little Devil that dances, and, like, uh, it's, like, it does a little dance, and it's described, like, how that affects the party. So I'm enjoying all of that. Um, there are some things that are kind of questionable. Like, you can walk around... During the fight, like you're kind of stuck in this circle and you can move characters around as you fight. And at first I was like, oh, if, if I'm closer to the enemy, do I do more damage or like if I'm farther away? It doesn't do anything. So I'm like, why is that in there? Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of where I come at. All. So the games, I feel like a lot of the presentation has been upgraded to be this kind of 2018 experience. But the core game is still very much like a classic ass RPG. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't work with the music. Right. And and thankfully the gameplay doesn't add too much, like, they're not throwing too many novelties at you like that where it feels surface level. Um, the game really shines when you're just in dungeons and you're not sure which room to go in and you're fighting monsters and you're leveling up and, like, that's the core experience is, like, that very traditional kind of dungeon crawler RPG experience. Um what I'm enjoying around that, because it sounds like I've had more negatives than positives. So it's like, why am I enjoying this game? Yeah. <laughs> I do genuinely enjoy the monster design. Like, I love that. There's some weird ones, but there's always brave and big swings happening. And even <laughs> for the ones that don't work out, I'm on board for all these. Like, one of them is called the Platypunk. That's just a platypus with the mohawk. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. that. That's, um, very, that's very you. Yeah. The story is like... Th- the most and I'm not saying this is like, oh, whatever, but like it is like astonishingly default. Like you are the chosen one. You're from like a Dickensian village. You meet <laughs> some friends that are uh-huh. all. It's like you said about uh, uh, what was that mobile game that Nintendo made?
0: Oh, uh, Dragalia Lost.
1: Dragalia Lost. You were like the characters start where they end. It's just like the most far removed from reality yet generic thing and that's the
0: story in this right and i find it's as as if the writer was like i'm writing the first ever story yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) added
1: to that is like the most dickensian dialogue i've ever seen in my life short of actually reading charles dickens yeah like the phrase bob's your uncle has been casually tossed around at least eight times in my six hours of playing that's very good um like there was one sub quest where i had to find a little girl's dog and her dialogue was written in such a cockney accent i literally didn't know what she was asking of me It's <laughs> was like all right mate you must think i'm a posh, but i'll tell you what go get my dog. He's on the roof of that bloke over there bob's your uncle i'm like what do you want I'm like you need a healing potion i have one i did it if i didn't have one i would have no idea what you want from yeah. me little girl so yeah, man, it's weird. It, it's a weird game to talk about yeah. and simultaneously like say that I'm enjoying. I don't think I'm gonna finish this game. I, I think I could definitely get to a point that I got an Octopath Traveler where you know, like I'm enjoying the core gameplay, but like at, at a certain level, it's like I just can't pretend to care about this story. Mm. Um, and I can see that happening with Dragon Quest, but I am enjoying it. And I think that like whether or not you like this game is whether or not you can take certain elements for what they are and if you like that very traditional turn-based dungeon crawling experience yeah um with some some fun stuff like i like uh you get some abilities that that uh they're like basically limit breaks but like you can do them with other characters in your party which is something that i've always really liked Mm -hmm. and i've only really seen it done in chrono trigger and chrono cross (laughs) where like if you have two characters that have like their special moves saved up at the same time, they can do a move together. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And that does a lot for that sense of ensemble, even though the characters are really like truly nothing. Um, (laughs) 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 like, you know, I mean, there's some fun moments. It's just like, it's just, you know, there was a, there was a minute when I got this game where I was like, this is, this is feeling kind of rough, but it definitely picks up. Mm. Um, once you start actually getting to like, why people are still playing this game. I think that for someone who grew up with the series, they'll probably love this because like it's it's what you've been playing for so long with the addition of like a a nicer presentation. Um on the three D S version I think it's a mix of there is like a three D rendered world, but then on the bottom screen it's like sixteen bit NES or SNES sprites. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It is Um, interesting. I think playing this as long as I have, I could see this being a great Switch game to kind of like tune out to while playing. Right. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if you would like it. That's kind of at the crossroads of that now, where like you, you went into this being really excited to hear about it. And I feel like I've only kind of dunked on it. So I feel like, well, I'm not buying this, but. Yeah, I feel no, like I've definitely a gone from of like, you.
0: I'm excited to hear about this and I'm definitely going to buy it when it comes out for Switch to so like, I'm definitely going to have to think about it a bit, I think now. Yeah.
1: I don't know I think um, I mean we only really we only really bring games to the table on the show that like we are enjoying and like I am enjoying it and I don't know why that's kind of where I am yeah I think it's because I am a fan of of this of this genre and I'm a fan of like I wanted to I mean Chrono Trigger is like one of my favorite games of all time I was a little bit disappointed only because like this is the guy who helped make Chrono Trigger and like that's a game that well it does have the kind of like corniness of of the old school rpg genre the story uh, just inherently with like time travel being a factor is more interesting Mm -hmm. and like the sense of ensemble and the appeal of the characters credited to the design by akira toriyama is like great um this cast is is not really pulling me in too much um but like you know, it, it, I, I do enjoy the elements of it that are, that are just so far removed that like, this is a game that's like not trying to be anything more than what it is. You are the chosen one. You make a bunch of shitty friends and you fight <laughs> slime. That's it. Yeah. You know? So I think if you're down for that, you'll probably really like it. And I think there is a lot of, um, it's fun to level up and to find new equipment. So like, if you like that kind of experience, you'll enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I think this would probably be great on the switch because it definitely has like a pick up and play vibe to it where you're probably not going to like sit down and really get like immersed in this,
0: mm. but it might be a game you like play while you're on the train or something. So that's what's weird to me is like the the thing that appeals to me about this game the most, I think um are the screenshots that i see and like the gifs and the videos that i see like passed around like i think the world is just so beautiful and i love the look of those characters moving throughout the world that i kind of just want to like experience that that's what i find interesting um and it weirdly seems like the rest of the game is just kind of like as neutral as humanly possible like set in an incredibly interesting and like exhilarating space yeah, that's about right. I mean, I think, like... Is that why you're playing it? That's actually... that. Maybe that is... that is that the thing that's keeping you invested? Is, like, you just, like, being in that space? Yeah, I mean, I think
1: I, I enjoy... I enjoy this kind of experience. It's a series I, I'm enjoying finally checking out after all these years. Right. I am curious now, because, I mean, people have been saying, like... People who are a fan of this series seem to really like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me would like to check out the older games... I feel like if this game had like an Octopath presentation, I would be kind of less harsh on the story in a weird way. I feel like if I went in being like, okay, I know exactly what this is. Yeah. I think at some point the graphics suggest a different experience than what you're getting mm. as beautiful as they are. Right. But I think the reason I'm enjoying it is I think that just visually it's great. Um, All the towns, while they don't really serve a deeper purpose than towns do in rpgs are all really different and and well designed um and just like aesthetically pleasing um the characters all kind of fill a very traditional rpg role i haven't unlocked all of them yet so mm-hmm. um i've spent the most time with a guy named eric uh, eric with <laughs> a K, uh who i kind of like eric he um it's also funny because I, na- <laughs> I named my character steven And one of my best friends is named Eric with a case. So I'm like, okay, I'm looking forward
0: to to meeting Brendan eventually. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. I just love the the most like generic name possible.
1: And that's kind of the vibe. It's like, you're going to go on an adventure with Eric. Like that's sort (laughs) of, um, I don't know, man. I think that like, I think that there's there for the same reasons, someone might really enjoy this game. uh, might be why someone rules it out. I think it really just depends on how much you like that traditional RPG experience. Yeah. Um, but I think there's enough, there's enough of like a unique personality to the game that I'm enjoying. And I do like Akira Toriyama's like designs and style. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I, I could see it going 50 50 with you. I could see you enjoying it. It also do. It just makes me laugh. Like, the, the Dickensian British stuff like your your hometown childhood friend says crikey like 20 times in the first hour of the game. Awesome. And uh, my I can't believe I forgot to say this. My favorite thing about the game is that in order to save, you have to confess your sins at a church. What? <laughs> you talk to a priest or a nun and they say, like, hello, my child. Like, how can I help you? And you confession is you saving. Oh, my God, that adds a whole layer to the game that goes unexplored that like, I think maybe that's why I'm coming back. So I'm like, what is the weird black mirror twist here
0: where I'm like, what have I done? I killed the platypunk on the way to (laughs) a new town. Um, Oh, my God. I love the idea of you just like every single action that you've taken is considered a sin in that world that like playing this game is a sin. Yeah. Yeah. And that you must repent in order to continue playing it
1: yeah it's incredible there's also a cow that tells you what the weather is going to be like which like i that's i think that's what i like is just that far removed charm that came from a lot of these early games yes is you know like things not having the emotional weight they should uh things like falling flat when they're trying to like Mm -hmm. it's like watching a bad like uh, high school production of Les is like, this is amazing. <laughs> this yeah. Is, you know, I don't, I don't want to knock this story too much. Cause like, you know, it's or it's, high school
0: productions of lame is.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's some great ones out there. Uh, like the one I was in. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 I'm having a blast with it on a lot of different levels, both on kind of a meta level where I'm like, I'm just enjoying how silly it is sometimes. Yeah, but I'm also enjoying the core combat. So I don't think I have in me the like 70 hours to beat this game. I think there will be a point where I definitely move on. Yeah, but I'm lucky enough that I wanted to talk about it with you. And I think that I'd be interested to see what your take on it is if you decide to pick it up.
0: Yeah, the one the one thing that I'll add to all of this is the main reason that I've always been interested in checking out the Dragon Quest franchise is this one time uh, Reggie fils had his 3DS, during, I think at in his pocket in an interview at E3 a couple of years ago, and somebody asked him like, "Hey, pull out your 3DS. What are you playing right now?" And he opened it up, and it was uh, on the the load your save screen for I think Dragon Quest maybe. 10 or nine, I think it's nine. Yeah, nine's on 3ds. Yeah, and he opened it up and he had 500 hours in that game. <laughs> like Reggie, that's the mate, one where who I was convinced did not even play video games, had <laughs> 500 hours, hours Dragon Quest in nine. a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I um saying it all out loud, it sounds like I don't like it, but. I am enjoying it. I think I think it is what it is. And I think that, like, it's interesting to examine a series like this, because I think you and I are often people that are looking for like, okay, what is the next step for this franchise? Like a lot of the games on switch have felt like this is the future of the series. And like, what is the new the new thing that this series can do? Yeah. Dragon Quest is a game that is purposely stayed exactly where it was Mm -hmm. all these years ago. And I wonder if that's to its credit or not. Um, I yeah. truly do. I think that like uh there is an appeal in that like in this chaos of time there's this one thing that will never change. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I I'm I'm enjoying it. But I also I am a fan of this type of game in terms of like turn based combat, dungeon crawling. That's where it shines. Once you're in a dungeon, you're like, Oh, okay, I see how this series has been going on for as long as it has. Yeah. Um, so
0: yeah. Dragon, Dragon Quest eleven. Uh, echoes of an elusive age such a good name bob's your uncle dragon quest 11 crikey bob's your uncle crikey pretty much yeah there's a lot of that wow okay do you want to take a break yeah let's confess our sins and we'll come right back okay well i killed a slime on the way over here and then i killed a platypus (laughs) with a mohawk and then i killed a big dragon who had a snot bubble
1: There is a there is one moment though in the game that like fucked me up where you meet a dog who's actually oh this okay so you meet a dog and you're like what's the deal with this dog and the dog guides you to this this vine with like a pearl on it you touch the pearl and you see the dog's memories it was once a woodcutter who no joke says the lines like chop 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 cutting down trees a woodcutter that's the life I be and then he gets turned into a dog by like a prankster demon. Wow. um i just love the idea that like until hardship came his way he was like i'm fine the way i am chop 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 no other thoughts um
0: and <laughs> no then other thoughts
1: no other thoughts i'm fine the way i am chop 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 uh I and then you where go to, I
0: end, chop 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 <laughs> i start
1: where i end no thoughts for me chop 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 set me free um you go to this treasure chest and there's a demon in there that's just like wants to like prank people mm-hmm.
0: because you have seen the memories. You know, he's, yeah. he's there and, you know, it does really well on YouTube. So you got to get that ad revenue.
1: <laughs> you kill him and he's like, I guess that's it.
0: And
1: then he I was like, I don't think he deserved death. He decided to like go away. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely some other layer to this game with with the confession save system. I wonder if at the end they're going to be like, here
0: are all your sins. We're emailing them to Square Enix and Sony. <laughs> Only when people have sinned enough will they make another Dragon Quest game. Yeah.
1: You killed 600 platypunks. <laughs> Why? <You killed> a, <laughs> Why you would a you do sh- that? <laughs> you killed a sham hat witch. <laughs> <laughs> we put them in the
0: overworld so you could avoid them. Yeah, they were just like at a campfire. They were um, just hanging out. You're the aggressor here. You really are,
1: Eric goes like, "Huh, another one bites the dust when you win." Yeah, that's the kind of Eric doesn't think about about his
0: actions. I think
1: Eric is wonderful. I actually have 180 on Eric. I just love his name is Eric. It should have been like you know any other fantasy name, but they're like, nope, Valcadine
0: or something, (laughs) Cosmos, Cosmos. No, I'm, I'm Eric. Eric, to me, sounds like, um, okay, so when I was, I guess, 16 or 17, I became a lifeguard at the lake in the town where we both grew up, and it was the most stressful job I have ever had in my whole life, and I constantly thought to myself, my job title is lifeguard. I am here to guard people's lives, and if I fuck my job up... Somebody is dead. Whereas I could go work in a cafe and if I fuck my job up, I just remake the espresso and then everything is okay. And I feel like most people who take that job at that age do not think about that at all. And they just hang out. And it seems to me like Eric does not think about the fact that he's a lifeguard. He just sits there and tans, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: 100%. There's a whole town where people (laughs) speak in haikus.
0: That's pretty good. (laughs) um oh, that's, that so, is yeah. good yeah there's, there's a lot of charm with like certain settings but can i yeah, tell you they're... something i i i think you know if we're trying to hunt down the reason why you're playing this game it sounds to me with just for context even i talked a little bit about dragon ball z and dragon ball gt and super and regu- regular dragon ball i've been watching super a lot recently and the reason that i think super nails what z was missing and and is keeping me so invested Um, As we were talking about, it's not because of the battle scenes, which is what you would expect, but it's because the show is very okay with being extremely weird um, and just like kind of throwing whatever it wants to at the wall. And it usually does stick and it sounds like Dragon Quest is doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's like an appealing enough fantasy world that there's enough to stay there for. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend it. I think if you. Because I think if you're a fan of the series, this is probably a great entry. Like I feel like it's probably a very solid entry in the long line of Dragon Quest games. It's also a return to form, apparently, because nine, I think you could like customize your full party mm. um, and ten, I think, was an MMO. So like this Uh-oh. is the first one in a while and the first one that's been released in the U.S. Because this series is also a lot bigger in Japan. Yeah. Um, this is like like final fantasy is big both here and in the U- both in the u.s. and in japan but i feel like like they have the same if not more admiration for the dragon quest series in japan than we do for like final fantasy or kingdom hearts yeah um so so yeah that's why i wanted to check it out because i knew how important it was and, and I'm i'm happy that i've experienced it yeah um so games
0: we are back And I am talking about Twinfold, a game that I can't stop playing. Oh, really? I wasn't prepared for this. No, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I just can't stop playing Twinfold. (laughs) (laughs) Number 10 in
1: Brendan's canonical uh, best of 2018, Mm -hmm. right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is it on Android or is it just iPhone? It's on Android. I like (laughs) it.
0: We're back. We're back. And I have been playing Steep, a game by Ubisoft, ubiquitous entertainment Mm. software. Uh, I trust that that's what it stands for. I've only heard you say that. Yes. I trust you. I think it's just ubiquitous software, but I do like ubiquitous entertainment software that I like that idea. Anyway, gives it the the Ubisoft, you know? Yes. Here's the thing about Steep, and I'm going to I'm going to say this right up front. Um, It is free. It is a free game this month if you have PlayStation Plus. If you're listening to this episode, the, the week it comes out, you have two more weeks to download this game for free if you have PlayStation Plus, and I highly recommend you do it. Okay, now that that's out of the way, Steep is a video game that is about skiing and snowboarding down a mountain, and that is literally it it is not like SSX (laughs) there's no like SSX like adjacent thing you maybe have like 10 minutes in the beginning where they're teaching you how to play the game and there's an announcer that's just like hey man you gotta like jump off this and hold R2 you can grab and like, like they're playing all the fucking SSX music that you would expect like in the background and then like maybe after 15 to 20 minutes of that it all just disappears it all just goes away And then you're basically just left on this mountain uh, where you can ski, you can snowboard, you can hop off of your skis or snowboard and just run around and you pull out binoculars and you look at the points on this gigantic open world mountain that you want to go to. And then you just go there, you hold down X and then it just teleports you there. And then you hop Mm -hmm. back onto your skis or snowboard and then you go down the mountain. Um, there are events that you can do. There are races, there are jumps. They have this thing that they literally just call LOL, where you're supposed to like throw yourself down a mountain and just ragdoll your way down as fast as you possibly can. (laughs) Um, there's, there's a bunch of like weird things. There's, there's, um, This, like, very strange, like, uh, spirit animal thing where, like, uh, somebody's like, I am the spirit of the mountain. Follow me as I show you the site. And it's like, it's literally just telling you, like, we built a great open world and you can snowboard (laughs) down it. Like, that's basically it. All of those events, every single one of them, from the races to the LOLs to everything ignore it do not play any of it it's all bad i highly don't recommend any of it i do it occasionally if i like accidentally find my way to one of those events because the way you start them is by skiing or snowboarding through them but that having been said this game is literally the thing that i've been talking about for weeks we were talking about creating a game that's just a vibe and nothing else that is what steep is the controls of this game are literally you steer with the left stick, you jump by holding R2 and those are the buttons. That's oh, wow. that's all you okay. have to do. It's 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 fucking it's glorious. It is so good. The controls are not very precise and often bad, but it is so fun to just kind of cruise down this mountain that is seemingly endless. There are peaks all over the place, and whenever you want, you can just stop. You just hold back on both the six. You just stop, whip out your binoculars, point at a thing, and you're like, I want to go there, and then you're there in a second. There's no load screen or anything. Once it loads in the beginning, you're done loading until you're done playing. So you just zip around the mountain whenever you want, which is lovely. Besides all of this, Besides the fact that it is like a dream and you can just turn the music off and then turn on Spotify and then listen to anime oh, like lo-fi that. chill beats to study too as you're fucking cruising down this mountain and jumping off of little jumps and doing tricks uh, and making sure that your g-forces don't go too high so your person's skeleton doesn't get ripped out of their body which is not an actual thing that happens but you do have to monitor your g-forces say. if you go down too Good. fast which is wild for some reason I don't know why that's mm. in the game but it is you're doing all of that and it's lovely and, and I have a great time just kind of like finding my own little way around things there are two important aspects of this game that i have not talked about number one is the wingsuit there is like a like a squirrel glider wingsuit that you can uh just jump off of any peak in the mountain and then just fly around and it is the best and you just hit a parachute and then the parachute comes down and then you land on a place and you're like cool i landed here bust out the snowboard and immediately start snowboarding from the place where you landed in your wingsuit it is the best it is so good you can just switch between all the sports whenever you want. So this game has been out since 2015. Since then, they've released a whole bunch of DLC. I think currently the one they're trying to push is like X Games or something. I think it adds like an X Games like course to the mountains. So there's like half pipes and whatever. Um, none of that comes with the free version of this game. You have to buy all of it. So when you open up the sports wheel, there's like skiing, snowboarding, wingsuit. Um, but then there's some extra ones. There's uh, base jumping, which I think is a whole different DLC by itself. There's sledding, which I'm kind of disappointed. I don't have, cause I really do want to go yeah. sledding down the mountain. Um, and then I was looking around and there's another one that's called rocket suit. And I was like, I have to know what rocket suit is. So I highlighted it, expecting it to be grayed out and expecting it to tell me like, no, you have to download the DLC. You have to like buy the DLC for this because there are things that's like buy the rocket suit. Uh, event dlc not realizing that you're just buying the events the rocket suit is unlocked in the free version of steep and what the rocket suit does is it is a wing suit that has a jetpack on it and at any oh, you can yeah. break the game right from the beginning because the idea the conceit of the game the thing they tell you you're doing is that you're doing all of these events so you can build up enough reputation on the mountain that you'll get invited to the highest peak in the mountain um, i think it's called Mont Blanc. You want to get invited to the top peak so you can unlock that as a place that you can then snowboard or do whatever you want down from. Um, And it, it connects to all of the other peaks. So there's like the main middle mountain that you're working your way up towards with a bunch of other mountains around it. It's an open world, though, so you can go kind of wherever as long as you have the patience to climb up in like 10 foot snow, uh, which takes a really long time. Or you can use the rocket suit that for some reason is unlocked at the beginning of the game, start at the very bottom of the mountain, and then (laughs) Iron Man your way all the way up to the top peak at the very beginning, and then whip out your binoculars, and then unlock every single fast travel point immediately, which is what I did. And I continually find myself going back and playing this game whenever I have free moments, not to do any events, not to uh, progress or do anything. I just Iron Man my way up to the top of the mountain and then I pull out my parachute and then I immediately pull out a snowboard and then I just go down a different direction and I see a whole new thing that I've never seen before. And I fall and I crash and whatever and like it happens all the time. But at any point, because there are no load screens, you can hold down triangle and then reset to wherever you started your run. So you can just go down for 10 fucking minutes. You could just cruise down this thing, do little stunts and tricks and whatever. Just have a great time listening to lo-fi anime chill beats society to the mixtape on Spotify (laughs) while snowboarding and then hold down triangle when you fall and then start at the beginning and then go a completely different way again. It is beautiful. It is a perfect video game inside of one of the worst games I've ever played. I love it so much and I love hating it. it this is a weird episode.
1: I, I love it though. <laughs> I feel like we're both talking about games that we like usually we come to this show with like playing this game. I love it. Here's why. Yes, Right. We might have some like notes here or there, but like this is one where it's like, "This is a game. I don't know why I like it. And it's like hitting at me, like at a dynamic, ethereal way that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. It's not, it honestly reminds me like more concretely of, uh, do you ever play pilot wing 64? Yes. That's another game that like, uh, woof has not aged well, and uh, wasn't really ever about what it was trying to be about. Yeah, yeah that game was like uh, you, there were three main vehicles. It was one of the first 3D games too, at least on N64. Yeah, um, you had a uh, a hand glider, a rocket, like a, a jetpack basically, mm-hmm. and a helicopter. Yeah, and there were different scenarios, uh, and or different like areas on an island that you had to pass flying school tests is like you'd like fly through all the rings like shoot all the targets right and like you could fail the mission but keep playing yes and all that would happen is like the jazz got a bit more somber and i think you no. <laughs> <laughs> <The character laughs> would shake your head no as you kept playing right but there were also modes where like you could just play that game without any objectives mm-hmm. and and just like just cruise. fly around yeah. and the, that game actually has a great at least for the time it had a great like like synth jazz soundtrack yeah and uh there was one i think you could just shoot them out of a cannon there was one where you had bird wings but i think i think you're out of something with like uh the phrase sandbox sandbox game gets used colloquially with a lot of open world rpgs yes but i think like a true sandbox experience is like one where there's like no objectives and no consequence and just like sliding around it's basically what you want is the ability to tube down this mountain and just listen to yeah. music. I feel like. Yes. Um which I always feel like whenever I went, I, I've gone snowboarding a couple of times, but they're like, okay, do you want to ski? Do you want a snowboard or do you want a tube? I'm like, kinda want a tube. Yeah, but if, I you're also, gonna, if
0: you're gonna give me the option, I'm gonna tube. I'm gonna tube.
1: you're basically giving me the thrill without the work. Yeah,
0: exactly. I just get to hook my tube up to like a weird bungee cord and it just pulls me up the side of it and then launches me (laughs) off. It's awesome. Yeah. This game, I feel like is weirdly at odds with itself. Um, it feels a lot like, um, Alto's odyssey. I term. love that game. Yeah, like uh, if you played Odyssey or Adventure, um, sorry, if you haven't played Alta's Odyssey or Alta's Adventure, they're uh, wonderful mobile games. Um, I forget the I forget the name of the developer, but anyway, um, it's basically just a game with uh, beautiful art and beautiful music, and you it's like a two D snowboarding game uh, where you just kind of go down and launch yourself off a mountain and like do some fun tricks and just like kind of in endless runner fashion, just collect as many coins as you can on your way down. But it really is the the tight controls and the art and the and the music that sells it and kind of makes it a, a zen flowy experience that is a lot of what i'm getting out of steep but in a 3D fully gotcha. realized open world um it's a kind of interesting um, w- when you compare it to what Ubisoft has been doing with things like Assassin's Creed where they're kind of like loosening the reins of of what you would expect from an Assassin's Creed game where it's no mm. longer like I'm going to climb the highest point and then I'm going to unlock a bunch of like checkpoints or like a bunch of icons on my map and I can go do these things. Um, now it's more of just kind of like experiencing the world. Steep having come out at this point four years ago weirdly feels like a precursor to that like it weirdly feels like this was their like experiment that flew under the radar and like nobody really mm-hmm. played I think or like enjoyed because um, like if you look up the reviews I've been reading some reviews like the reviews are not good for this game like, people, <laughs> like almost like whole cloth rejected this game when it came out because there's almost nothing happening in it it's like right. you start off there's a tutorial for 15 minutes uh, a, a DJ is like hey what's up welcome to the mountain and, like that's basically it like that's Maybe the not whole setting game. the
1: tone accurately
0: yeah yeah like it is So it is so and you know that there's people that made this game that that enjoyed it for the same reasons that i do and they're like that's what we're building like they're building the thing that i am enjoying currently they're not mm-hmm. building the like i'm gonna throw myself and ragdoll down this mountain as fast as possible i'm not gonna do right. the uh the stunt snowboarding spectacular event uh where where like some director of like a weird music video is going to yell at me. Like, that's not what I'm playing this game for. I'm <coughs> playing this game. to. I love uh, working on the
1: set of a music video sim. That's my
0: favorite game. <laughs> that's literally what this game tries to be every once in a while. Yeah, But it it is that on one hand, but then on the other hand, at any point I can hold down R1 and then pick Iron Man suit and then go wherever I want. Like, and then hit L3 and R3. And then I'm in photo mode this game has photo mode it's from 2015 this is like this is oh, the, yeah. this is the uh, like god this game this is this game like I created was gonna say all this this, before.
1: this is a new tone in your voice I haven't heard before and I feel like you're on to like a cult leader kind of vibe with your admiration <laughs> for steep like I think you're gonna build a strike like, you know they have like cult followings so I think this will actually be a cult of steep yes I get you're saying, though. Oh, just for the record, too. I felt bad for getting two names in the show. The developers for Altus Adventure, a wonderful game, Mm -hmm. are Snowman. That's the name of the developer. Oh, they're also working on a skateboard game for uh, iPhone that I'm excited about. Um, It's called Skate Paradise or Skate Park. Something like that. Yeah, I'm really excited about It's coming out this year. So keep a lookout for that. Also, the dream team for Chrono Trigger—the third member was the creator of Final Fantasy. How did I forget? That? Oh, <laughs> I just—I felt like I was going to go to square hell if I didn't <laughs> yeah. uh, remember him. Undeadable. So I apologize for that. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think there's something to be said if I had to kind of like pinpoint the exact uh, thesis. I think you're going for with your maniacal cult leader rant mm-hmm. here is <laughs> that sometimes a game's intention. It's not what it's great at. Yes. Um, I think about the the original Spider-Man 2 PS2 game that yes. everyone cites. And like that's a game where like the whole game was like excruciatingly mediocre. Like the missions were like fine, the combat was fine, but Mind it was really known. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I flip the pizzas, Mr. Z's will flip out. <laughs> Dr. Oh, Connor's no. class. Dr. I'm Connor's gonna be late. class. I got so caught up in what I was doing, I forgot all about it.
0: He's going to kill me. The Phantom Menace. (laughs) You gamble, my friends.
1: Sometimes you lose. Okay, we're back. Uh, That game was really good at web swinging, and people just liked doing that. They ignored the missions. They didn't really play the core game. They just swung around. Same thing, I think, with uh, the really early GTA games, like only a select few people. I mean, that game did have a good like they had at the time they had good missions and stuff. Like, there was a single play experience there that was like intended. But most people who play that game would just like drive around and listen to 80s music. And that's and all I did. in Vice chaos. City. That was my whole
0: Vice City experience yeah. was
1: just driving. Right. So you could even what I like doing sometimes in those games is just like follow traffic, like stop at red lights. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and see what happens. Um, you learn pretty quickly that the AI in that game are designed to kind of like respond to chaos. Yeah. So like if you don't, someone else will, well,
0: without um, getting too far off track, I, I finally listened to all of uh giant bombs game of the year dissertation, uh, podcast, oh yeah. which is like, I think 20 something hours of podcast, which was like amazing. Wow. Um, a long I, time. I cannot believe that they do that. It's amazing. Yeah. But anyway in their discussion of red dead redemption Two, deciding where to place it in their top 10. Um, they were talking about how that game feels like the people at rockstar were like, what if we made a game where you had to follow the traffic laws? We are going to make a cowboy (laughs) game in the wild west where you have to follow all the rules. And that's what the story is about, which I think is amazing. We to
1: like clean feed and name your horse. Yes. Uh, no,
0: that's very true. Um, where, where do they ended up putting it? Or do you not want to spoil that? Um, I don't remember. OK, regardless, I think it, I think it's in the top five, but I don't think it's so steep. It's free if you have PSN right now, right? Yeah, if you have PS Plus, uh, steep is free at the moment. I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> I've been having the most fun with it. I I, I literally cannot believe how much I enjoyed it because I, I turned it on for the first time and I played it for about a half hour. And that's the part yeah. where it's like, hey, gamers, what's up? And like, oh, God, I just don't want this at all. So I left and then I watched some more episodes of Dragon Ball Super and then I was like winding down for the night. I was like, you know what? It might be nice to just like cruise around a mountain before I go to sleep for a little bit. Yeah. And I turned it on and I ended up playing it for like another hour at that point. And I was like, now I'm locked into it. Now I get it. And then that's also when I discovered the Iron Man suit and it was like, okay, at this point, (laughs) what more do I need? You know, I might buy the sled DLC to be completely (laughs) honest. (laughs) I might buy the sled DLC for you. (laughs)
1: i I feel like ubisoft is gonna text you and be like hey are you sick like we haven't no one has purchased steep
0: in 20 years it came out five years ago but no one what's going on are you okay brendan steep doesn't exist steep never came out steep was canceled in early development yeah you've been watching a blank screen this whole time i I turned to my left and i'm on the 13th floor of my building yeah. Oh, that's why. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I get
1: what you mean. I, I I also think about when I had um, <laughs> what's up?
0: I've just never. We've never had a had a segment on this show where I uh started talking about a game and your eyes got wider and wider and wider <laughs> over the. You course know what it is? I wasn't prepared
1: it. for the sucker punch. I thought I was going to be the like the silly one today, talking about like you know my goofy adventures in Dragon Age Eleven, mm-hmm. Dragon Age. I'll, I will say there is an, you are called the dark spawn in dragon quest. So like it's all oh, yeah. it's coming full circle dragon quest 11, but here you are Super. with the steep lore. Yeah. So yeah, um, my eyes widened. <laughs> it is the first time to be like, okay, well let's move on. Shall <laughs> <we?"> <laughs> <laughs> I truly get the sentiment you're putting down. And if I experience steep and I have the same, uh, ascension, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. I think, you know, there's a, definitely a limited time with this game. And I'm just sure. I'm, I'm enjoying it while it feels fresh to me because at a certain point I'm just going to be like, I have had enough of this mountain, you know. That's
1: kind of like I had um the demo for Just Cause 2. Oh my god, uh, which was like one of the best demos ever cuz you just played the game for 40 minutes. Yeah. But like you could play it again. And that's probably the exact amount of time you would play that game. because It's like, yes, you have infinite parachutes. You have like this cable. You can link things together. Mm-hmm. So I would just like skydive off mountains for 40 minutes and then do it again later. Yeah. Same thing. You had to watch the intro of the story. Which is like, OK. <laughs>
0: yeah. We... Honestly, Just Cause 2 has maybe the worst tutorial mission I've ever played in my life. Like it is <laughs> like an, an entire hour long and is terrible. And then that game gets awesome. Yeah.
1: But the demo just gets right to it
0: that's um, good yeah so yeah i think just cause demo. 3 was also a playstation plus game because i do have that game and i definitely did not buy it but anyway the fourth
1: one's coming out
0: this year isn't it yeah there's uh some billboards up that i walk by every day at the moment <laughs> on my way to work uh of, of what's his name I, I forget the guy's name the main character's name but uh he is definitely getting sucked into a tornado yeah uh the scorpio right that's his like nickname yeah um Um, yeah the game is all about having tornadoes in it that is what just cause 4 is which is awesome
1: i would love you and times square putting on those like 80s feature glasses to see what the billboards really say and it's all (laughs) just steep advertisements (laughs) have fun with the game steep fall down for a bit Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i get i get you man i get you're saying a game is a vibe i think that is a very interesting pursuit and i i would wonder if a game trying to do that consciously would fall flat i think is there an element of that design that become that becomes into reality outside of the creator's intention
0: mm. yeah i'd be interested to talk to the developers of steep and see what was intentional and what it became you know they're like talk about what we, we never made that game brendan what are you talking about <laughs>
1: um all right let's take a break and move on i'm done with this
0: oh okay well see ya. <laughs> sorry i didn't mean it to come out that way well it sure did come out that way
1: (laughs) my intentions didn't match what happened in
0: reality just like steep i'm gonna go tube away from this conversation
1: brendan we've uh climbed up the mountain again and we're back yes uh oh my god the left turn of all left turns in this show Mm -hmm. after talking about steep uh we're now um bren and i both have consciously made a backlog both for ourselves and the show Mm -hmm. um dragon dragon quest 11 truly was kind of my last impulse buy uh for many reasons um there are some games coming out that i'm definitely going to get uh kingdom hearts 3 one of them um but there's a lot in my backlog that i'd like to get through uh both for myself and for the show one of them was getting all the main endings uh, for Nier Automata, which is a game that we've talked about a decent amount mm. on the show. Yes. Um, and I thought I'd be remiss to not talk about it again with you because I do think that this game comes into its fullest element and its intention uh, with the final endings. Yes. Um,
0: wee-woo, wee-woo, here's a spoiler Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Run while you can. Wee woo. Don't go up this mountain. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to take one for the team, and I'm going to have this game spoiled for me but i'm also very excited
1: are you absolutely sure that's okay
0: yes i have a friend of mine who hates watching movies and whenever we hang out she's like if there's a movie that everybody's talking about like bird box for example she'll be like just tell me everything that happens in bird box she would rather somebody describe the entire plot of a movie to her than actually go see it um and that's how i feel right now about playing all the other endings of near gotcha especially that's when i I've... have the perfect game like steep why would i play any other game <laughs> <laughs> oh pal okay um, tell me about Nier. i'm excited
1: uh yeah so um right up uh, just in case you don't know what this is or haven't listened to our episodes about it Nier automata came out 2017 produced by square uh directed by yoko taro who i learned was involved with the first Nier um and the dragon guard series which like all those games kind of very loosely connect um but Nier automata definitely as someone who has only played near automata it definitely stands on its own so i'm sure there's like some i know i know of some references and some like thematic tie-ins but like you really don't need to know the plot of near to fully enjoy this game yeah um i would say i'm sure it adds elements but you know i think you can i think they were clearly intended to be standalone entries um it's a game about a dystopian future where humanity is is questionably absent And all that remains on earth as nature kind of regrows over the wreckage are these machines that have been made by alien life forms and androids that have been made by humans. And they're kind of fighting in this never ending war. Yeah. Um, the androids on behalf of their creators who they believe are on the moon. Um, all that stuff is kind of a setup for really just kind of examining the existential dread of these characters. Um, I think from the player right off the bat, we're given a big question mark that there are no humans. Cause we've seen so many stories about humans and machines, but here we are with essentially two different kinds of robots. Yeah. One thinking, thinking of themselves as kind of a higher order of being and, and dismissing the other as not truly having emotions. Yes. Um, and the turns it takes from there is just wonderful. Um, so, uh, the game notably has, uh, an ending for every letter of the alphabet. Uh, most of these are jokes a lot of these are like there's a crucial like destination to go to and you either choose to not go there or you know you do something stupid and the game has like a joke ending for that like one of them is like there's like the final boss and you can run away and it gives you a warning like go back to the combat area and if you keep running it's like to be took up fishing and ignored both the machines and the androids the rest of her life. Yeah. Um, I
0: think the, uh, the one where you eat the fish where it's like, Oh, try to try to eat this fish. And then it's yeah. like, it's like, okay, well, androids can't eat fish. So basically all the guts just like f- fucked up two bees insides.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of endings like that, but the main ones are a, B, C, D and E, um, a, ends the first time you play it and honestly like there's a version of this game where you play it once through and you might be satisfied there like the first route is a lot of fun yeah and it definitely gets into the weirder territory that the game provides you will probably be left with more questions than answers but like it does reach a nice bittersweet end but then once you get to the credits square enix sends you a message like hey we we recommend nudge nudge wink wink that you play it again yeah yeah um so you turn it on if you continue on that save file you're now playing as 9s well, actually right away you're playing as a machine who oh yeah there's there's a destroyed machine and he's like brother brother i will get you some oil so you'll be able to walk again and he plays this like slow like grunt level machine carrying a bucket
0: of water yeah a you're, bucket just, of oil. you're just moving around yeah
1: you'd trip and then it cuts to 9s watching he's like you'll never you know your machine's gone pal like you know you're not you're not like us basically yeah um, and then you see the opening credits and then the rest of that game is the same events of the first one but from 9s's perspective right who was your sidekick the first time
0: which i think was like an amazing thing to do for the second run as soon as that started i was like oh okay cool so i expected it to be like only a little bit different every single time like maybe not even different until the very last moments of the of the run um, starting the second playthrough as 9S was like, okay, this is this rules. I want to see more, of
1: especially this. in the beginning, because there's a lot of moments in the first playthrough as Two B where Nine is like, hold on, I'll try hacking and you know do that. Yeah, but then this time you're actually doing that. Yeah.
0: Um, and the hacking uh, minigame game is great. It's really fun. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So hacking is it. Uh, because the whole game is a hack and slash mix with bullet hell hack elements, and slash. On, oh come on. Well, the podcast is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> i get it i see steep. your friend down there <laughs> what?
0: i don't i don't have I have zero ill will against steep. if, if that's will. the last if, if that's the last thing we're saying in this <laughs> podcast if we're canceling the podcast the last thing i want to go out saying is play steep play steep i mean it's free so you know S- uh, steep finn is that my name yeah I'm, don't I, make steep I to my stop. Name. <laughs> <laughs> <Steve> finn <laughs>
1: You said that with such confidence, steep thin. <laughs> as uh, if I've been saying it my whole life. I mean, maybe, maybe it's been right in front of you the whole time. It might have been. Um, so you play as Nine S. I think. I think that run really starts to hint at how ambitiously weird and creative this game is going to get because the beginning sequence is just like action packed and fun, and you're hacking. When you hack, uh, it, it zooms in uh, to the enemies like mind basically, and you're this little asteroid ship that's shooting you have to shoot like a black sphere and then in a certain amount of time and there are obstacles. It's like a very like retro arcade shooter. But what's really cool is that this game, which has a beautiful score, um, the music becomes chiptune. Mm -hmm. And like just like how the gameplay kind of seamlessly goes through these different genres, the music also like seamlessly becomes chiptune to like fully orchestrated with like a Skyrim chorus right I love that Uh, the second playthrough if there's any moment of the game that drags a little bit it is with this playthrough Um, I do think like you said like there's a lot that's different and there's a lot some of my favorite moments in this game are in the second playthrough as 9S um, specifically when you're stuck in like the machines mainframe with Adam and he's like oh yes he's like just so you know like my thing is hatred Mm -hmm. so I want you to hate me Um, and he asks you all these questions that are kind of meta in a way that I, that I really liked. Um, uh, but you know, you might get to a point if I have two complaints about this game is that I think sometimes it's very hard to tell on the world map how to get to certain areas. And the other one is that some of the side quests are like whatever. Um, they all are worth doing to the extent that like some of them, some of them really flesh out certain characters and you get like a side of a character You may not have. And overall, you'll just be more emotionally in touch with the world. I did the side quests for the robot children in Pascal's village. And, like, that was great. And I did some for Operator 210 as 9S. And, like, that was cool as you get to see a side of her. You wouldn't. So, like, my advice with playing through this would be don't feel pressured to do all the side quests because, like, they are really like go collect these items, which I found kind of tedious, especially compared to the main story, which is, like, just nonstop jaw-dropping sequences mm-hmm. um but i think that like choose the characters that you want to learn more about and do their side quests that would be my advice
0: mm. yeah i don't know if you did like all of them i think you did all of them right i did all of them in the first playthrough yeah
1: had you how, do you have a similar <laughs> take f- as me
0: with them or no? Um, yeah, I wish I had not done all of them in the first playthrough. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I regret doing that. The
1: thing too is like there's only a couple beats in 9S and 2B's story where like it makes sense to do a side quest. I'm usually a yeah. person who likes side quests, but like the main plot of this game is so tense and and full of things that like it always feels weird to be like no i can gather some parts for you yeah it's very much the fallout 4
0: problem it's like okay my son was stolen from me but i'm gonna go like tend some crops
1: yeah (laughs) but i do think like it's worth doing a few of them but uh, i digress so 9s's story ends and then you load the game again and this is where the game really starts to like Like it already kicked ass before this, but it like really, yeah, like it really pulls out all the all the stops here. So you open the game again, and this time you see like what almost feels like a next time on Near Automata Supercut (laughs) of like scenes that are about to happen, and it confirms that Adam and Eve, who were the main antagonists for the first two routes, are dead, and now Yorha, who's like the organization of androids that Two B and Nine S work for. Are going to launch a full out assault on the machines. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Who you, you having played the game twice now, have come to learn, have thoughts and feelings and opinions, and are not the like lesser beings that you thought they were initially.
1: But what's interesting though is that it doesn't it doesn't pull the card of like oh they're just like us because the machines are still yeah like you go like uh, what always stands out is like Pascal is is a friendly machine probably one of my favorite characters in the game Mm -hmm. and he leads a village. Uh, in the forest, that are all pacifist machines. They have chosen that yeah. as their thing. And you go to a peace meeting with Pascal, and suddenly all those machines in that building, the abandoned robot factory, have joined a cult where they think if they kill themselves they'll become gods. Yes, and like
0: so, like with a great song,
1: just like oh yeah, that's my favorite. Uh Become as gods, uh, birth of a wish, the best song in the game, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite songs in a game. But so the machines have thoughts and feelings. That means that they are capable of good or evil, just like the androids. Yeah. So uh so it does have that added weight. Um especially because after playing Nine S's story, the the if I had to boil down the main plot of the first run, it's that Adam is this machine who's obsessed with humanity and wants to learn what is the core of the human existence. He thinks it's conflict based on his data. Right. So he's not really like looking to harm anyone consciously But he also like wants to understand humanity. So he causes people to suffer trauma and heartbreak to feel that Um, he's like he's like logic and thoughts trying to feel emotion, basically. Yeah. So you kill him when he kidnaps 9S uh, and then his little brother who you learn, like really just wanted to hang out with his brother, like didn't want anything else in the world Mm -hmm. is the opposite. He's just emotion. No thoughts, really. He's a wreck, and he wants to just destroy everything because he doesn't understand the life without his brother. Yeah, um, it's really sad. Um, it doesn't make you hate Adam any less because Adam still crucifies 9S, But like, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's an added layer So, and you could take from it what you want. I, I love when art does that, where like it just gives you enough to make up your own mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 they truly are the bad guys or not. So you go lead this assault in route C with Yorha. And it, it just, it just is a bomb. Uh, Androids are getting wiped out left and right. And they drop a logic virus that basically like makes androids hostile. Long story short, 2B dies. Yeah. Um, It's a pretty jaw-dropping moment because you've been playing as her now for probably 20 hours. Yeah. And I've kind of finally, like, there really isn't a lot of dialogue between 9S and 2B. I think the game does a brilliant thing where like, just the act of playing as a character inherently makes you more emotionally attached to them right so i think that like watching a playthrough of this game while i think you'd still get some effect it isn't the same as actually playing as these characters who you've now seen through thick and thin to dies she basically has a virus and you play as her limping to an area where it would be like less harmful to like explode into like a virus radius basically right um uh a2 who has kind of been a uh A mysterious character up until now she is a rogue agent from yorha that like you fight once and don't see again
0: Mm -hmm. that's in
1: route a right is
0: the first time you fight yeah yeah
1: you fight her in the castle
0: um oh right the castlevania part yeah
1: yeah so a2 comes across 2b and and mercy kills her 9s running in just sees a2 with a sword through 2b and to be for the first time, calls 9S by his preferred nickname. She's like, Oh, nine, Nines. It's so yeah. sad. fucked me up, Brendan. <laughs> uh, and then 9S is like, you know, with rage in his voice, he's like, I'm going to kill A2. But then he falls off a bridge. And then the game, it cuts to the pods. We're kind of like the fairies that follow you in Zelda. Right. But the mechanical version of that, they talk amongst themselves. And at this point, you can now play as A2 or 9S. Interesting. Um, And the rest of this route is playing you go. It doesn't matter who you choose first because you end up playing as both of them. Mm. Um, You learn that I won't get into too much of the story because I think that the ending carries so much weight on its own. But what happens like in the plot of the game, you learn that Yorha, that humans are extinct, which you probably saw coming. Humans have been dead Mm. for a long time, right? Because you learn that about the aliens. So like, like it's just a matter of time before we know that, like, this is a ruse. And that Yorha was invented just to give androids a purpose for living. Mm. Um, That's good. So uh, you learn that 9S, kind of like Eve uh, when he lost Adam, becomes a wreck and kind of becomes the villain in some ways. Interesting. You see him. There's this mysterious tower that appears, and he goes to all the different towers to like unlock entry into that big tower. And at each one, there's like a weird baby machine that like cries to not be killed and he's like do it and like oh my god his pod like refuses so he he's not on a good track and every time you switch between characters the pods are like i'm worrying about 9s's current mental state like (laughs) we should make sure a2 and 9s never meet directly yeah i really liked a2 i think it was cool to play as a character who um so what you learn about a2 is that she was with yorha with the first like the first group of them that were designed to be disposable. Mm. Um, So she's the last surviving member of that. So she kind of knows what's up. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And it was fun to play as a character because 2B is someone who like hardcore followed rules despite how she felt about them. Yeah. Nine S is someone who loses his best friend and loses his mind because of that. And A2 is someone who has lost everyone she loves but still retains her sentience and like operates within the world so that's cool it was a, it was an interesting middle ground and she plays a lot like 2b so she has two weapons and i preferred that play style at a certain point even though hacking is fun i preferred that method to to 9s is hacking yeah i agree i mean it's where the game, the game really shines is is
0: in the moment to moment combat
1: but there are some cool moments where like when you're in the hacking world like you actually do see like androids like as they are in real life and like there's a lot of like the game has a lot of very strong visuals that I would be doing a disservice to describe because you kind of just have to see them to feel what the scene is evoking.
0: Yeah. It's uh, amazing how frequently one... a game with, I think, like a like an Instagram filter as bleak as it is, you know what I mean? Like, the game is very, like, kind of um, washed out, like, greens, grays, browns, you know? Um, it's it's interesting how often a game with that kind of aesthetic ends up being visually, like, stunning yeah yeah absolutely and i think as if like call of duty modern warfare 4 was like beautifully art directed but still retained the same vibe
1: right well and i think it's just a strong sense of direction like they use they use what limited palette there is to like very effectively tell a story yeah you know when things are a certain color it evokes a mood that is specific to that scene i think you're onto something where like this is a palette that is not usually appealing but it's done with such a strong sense of direction it's effective for what the mood calls for yeah um and I think that it stands out when they do use a color that isn't you know a very unsaturated uh green or white or black yeah um so uh long story short a2 kind of uh is tracking down what's happening with 9s as 9s is further losing his mind because A2 downloaded 2B's memories in her sword. Mm. Um so she has all her memories. So finally at long last the two characters meet each other and you actually get to choose in their final confrontation, which it seems like A2 was trying to tell Nine S what 2B's like final words were basically. Yeah. But Nine S is too far gone that he just wants to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um so you have to choose who you fight as. Um oh that's awesome. So the first time I chose A2 because I was like I I just don't I can't really root for 9S anymore. I know what he's gone through, but I just feel like A2 is definitely like the hero of this story at this point. Yeah. So was uh, that the you right fight? Call? Well, so here's what happens. And here's where the game gets really interesting. Uh, you play A2, uh you manage to knock 9S down and then she like and uh, A2 also learns uh, her pod learns how to hack so she like puts her hand on 9S's head and she's like, like pod hack, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she says it like that. That sounds really lame, but it's a cool moment. Pod uh, hack. Please, please trust me.
0: Pod hack. Play steep. Um, Hi, it's me, Brendan. The pod hack. The pod. <laughs> the pod hack. That
1: might be a good title, too. Um, so then you you run through his like mainframe, which is the area that looks like when you usually do the hacking minigames, it looks like that. But you're running as a two. And you basically, like, have the pods take 9S to safety while A2 activates destruction of the tower. And she's like, I'll see you soon, friends, and, like, sacrifices herself. Mm. Um, It's very bittersweet. The 9S ending is one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. So what happens is you're fighting, and A2 hears 2B's voice, who says, take care of 9S. And she gets, like, stunned for a second, and then stabbed right through the chest. Mm. Unknowing to 9s he got stabbed by her sword while doing so. Yeah. And just like trips in his own blood as he just like slowly <laughs> dies. Holy shit. And then you get like a long There's a lot of moments of of written prose in this game that are actually really well done. And you get this written prose of 9s like talking to Adam and Eve, going, because what's being launched from this tower is not a missile, but just like all the memories of the machines that have been destroyed. You also learn that the black box, which is like the device that the androids have all their memories and consciousness in is made of the same parts as the uh, machine cores because they didn't want to design androids that were designed to be disposable with AI. Mm. So instead they use the, so they're made of the same thing basically. So you get all these endings, they're all sad. (laughs) Then you get to the credits and one of the pods goes, I cannot accept this resolution. And, and basically gives you a choice Um, the two pods talk amongst amongst themselves and they're like, this is how it had to be. And one pod is like, you cannot deny, because these pods have, like, throughout most of the game, they just operate on, like, one note, like, proposal, or like, you know, do this. But as Route C progresses, you see that they have also developed personalities. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. And one of the pods is like, you cannot deny that you also wish they got out of this okay. You know, and and it's like, I cannot deny that. So, then what happens is in the hacking form of like the little spaceship you fight the end credits so it becomes a bullet hell against the ending with this really awesome music to try to see if there's another resolution um wow. uh and you can't do it you can't like it is impossible to beat alone and every time you die you get these written messages saying like give up now like do you think life is meaningless do you think games are a silly little thing yeah and i was like no they're cool i have a show about them uh, <laughs> and then what happens is you can say yes to accepting help and then a real player comes in whoa. and helps you whoa and then whenever you die it's like rather you're getting those like hard hitting like demoralizing messages but you're also getting messages from all real players saying like hang in there you can do this like we have your back just like the messages when you found dead bodies in the beginning of like you know yeah. the message the pre-written message so all these real players are saying like it's like and it's you're given like a few options to say like certain things in the sentence so they're all like it's easy to feel alone hang in there like just keep going basically mm. um and then you can you can win you can beat the credits and then what happens is one of the pods it cuts to like the real game again um and one of the pods is like uh i feel embarrassed like i launched what was basically a suicide mission and then the other pod is like well being alive is pretty much a constant stream of embarrassment And like that's <laughs> one of the best quotes i've heard in anything yeah but then you see as the pods talk amongst themselves they're bringing back parts of 2B and 9S mm. to reassemble them yeah, and they're like one of the pods is like isn't bringing them back risking the same plot from happening again mm-hmm. um, which kind of has added weight because you have kind of played through the same story multiple times and one pod is like basically like yes but it's worth trying for a better future and it game ends with the line a future is not something given it's something taken mm. and you see you see like the line the, the bodies reassembled of to be a 9S and of A2 like farther away. Yeah. Um and it ends. And it like I cried like an idiot during that whole thing. Yeah because I think this game is so bleak at every corner. Yeah. And it had every it had it was setting up everything to be uh you know, like a nihilistic nothing matters game. And it is. Right. But the thing is like If if truly nothing matters, if if the androids are there for no reason, if we're here as people for no reason, like uh, there's another great line where they say like not everything needs a reason, and and the fact that you can get a happy ending or at least a hopeful ending with the help of real people, uh, I think is a beautiful message for such a dark game to have, Um, and it's even it's even more intensified by the fact that once you beat it, you're asked if you want to help someone they're like you've you've come so far you now know like what you're up against do you want to help the weak in their time of need yeah if you say yes they say they basically say like okay to do so you have to delete your save file whoa um and i said like yeah i got it i have to know that i'm helping someone get that ending yeah um and they're like you'll be assigned someone at random and maybe someone you strongly dislike. Do you still want to help? <laughs> maybe, and I said, yes, that's good. And they're like, you may never be thanked for this. Like you may receive nothing. Do you still want to help? Um, they give you like a lot of like, are you sure? And I said, yes. And they deleted my game. you still have all your achievements and stuff if you care about that? But they deleted my game. And now I know that I'm out there helping someone get that ending. Yeah. Um, And I think the line to take away from that is not everything needs a reason. I think that is such a beautiful conclusion. Yeah. such a heartbreakingly dark game that there is no, there is no trophy or reward to helping someone get that ending other than knowing that you want to. Right. And, and that's sort of like existentialism as a positive thing. Like, well, if there are no rules, all I can, I can't deny that I feel this way. Even if I'm, you know, in the machines in the game or the androids, like they're all programmed to do one thing and they all end up becoming self-aware and wanting more out of life and learning that there may not be a point to why they're there. Or if there is, it may not be why they are alive, but they still have those things. You meet characters like Pascal who just wants no more. He does. He wants peace. Truly. He doesn't want anyone else to be hurt or to die. And that's all discovered organically. You, f- you find machines who are stuck in a, a never-ending cycle of revenge. And there's a lot of brilliant fights where you're in arenas where there are like two spinning circles and like very simple metaphors, but yeah, it's so effective. It's so effective when you're in the moment and there's no one calling it out. Um, I adore this game. I think it is is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and I think that the ending, especially really sealed the deal for me of like just adoring this game. I, I think that that ending it, it will stay with me for a long time. Not even just that to be a 9S and A2 like have another chance. Like that's nice. But the the act of real people helping you. Yeah. Um for nothing and that the fact that they had to delete their game to do so, I think is beautiful. It reminds me of Journey, where like you're playing that game and there are these random people you meet along the way that help you out and it feels like they're NPCs, but then you learn at the end that those were also people playing the game right. at the same time as you and that there's something instinctual about humans, despite all our flaws and and everything that like, there's something about us that naturally wants to help other people. Yeah. Um, if, if you take everything else away, um, if you give someone that question of, are you going to help? I think most people will say yes. Um, I think that that's beautiful. Uh, I know this is a big left turn from our steep talk, but, you know, I, I wanted to talk about this show with this game with you on the show.
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the journey comparison is really good because just like uh, journey at a certain point, uh, I had secret icons hidden all over the, the world. And if you collected all of them, you uh, change your cloak from red to like glowing white. Which Mm. just allowed you to fly infinitely. You got some like extra abilities and stuff. But basically, that cloak was a way of signifying to other people that you matched up with playing journey that you had seen everything and you could help them at any point. So if you ever were playing around and you saw someone with a white cloak, it was like, oh my God, this person's going to show me to like an icon in this area, um, which was amazing. And it was just like a very kind of streamlined way of indicating with in a wordless game, this person is literally just here to help you. And that's it. Because every other time you played that game, it was like, is this a real person? Is this not? If you saw someone in a white cloak, you knew that they were there for you to help you for no reason other than they just like wanted to do it at that exact moment. Um, I'm really fascinated in the idea of you playing through the credits, realizing that other people are helping you and not until later do you realize that all of those people had to delete their saves to do so. Um, yeah, I think that that's unreal. There's a weight to that, that like. There's a weight to the initial reveal, then there's uh, it's only amplified once you realize what had to be sacrificed to get there. Um, Yeah, especially after four playthroughs of the game. That's it's wild.
1: Oh, I will say, like, so in case you're like a bit daunted by the fact that there are those four endings you have to get before you get the chance to do this. Once you have that initial confrontation between 9S and A2, regardless of who you pick you unlock a chapter select mode where you can just jump right to that moment the next time. Oh, cool. So to get the other ending and and that's something that again, you're losing, but like they even say like, they're, like you work so hard to get the chapter select feature and other things. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to lose that? Oh my I'm God. Like, that's yeah, amazing.
0: Damn,
1: yeah. I can't, especially like after, you know, the song they choose, It's like the one, like kind of almost happy, like the happy in this game is like in heavy quotes, underlined with a fine print. You know, it's just like (laughs) because everything is so bleak. But I think that that to get a happy ending in this game and to have it only be available because of the the kindness of other people. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I I think that that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Um, and that I think puts this game in a different realm for me even prior to that moment when I was still really enjoying it I think it becomes more about that than it is even about these characters Mm. um in a weird way um so yeah I'd recommend even though I just spoiled it all for my friend Brendan (laughs) uh, I I think you should still experience it and I think that if you're on the third playthrough like that's also a really fun experience there's a lot of stuff that I didn't talk about that like is really cool in that story uh, if you care more about like the actual plot of what's happening yeah um a lot of a lot of jaw-dropping moments um yeah i mean i'd recommend this game to to a lot of people i think that like there are like i, I didn't check it out when it initially came out I, d- I don't really know why i didn't know that it was going to be like this and i think that there's a lot of surface level things about this game that may like make people think it's about something else than it actually is right if that makes any sense I was expecting it to be a lot more of like a, a straightforward JRPG and it is certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess anyone who's followed the director knows that like you're getting into some very unique territory. Um, right. So yeah, I loved it. Beautiful experience. Would recommend near Automata. Uh, and you said you, have you feel like you will have willed this into existence. It's on PS4. I think it's on PC, but I haven't heard great things about the PC port
0: coming I to nintendo switch actually, is that what you're saying
1: yeah yeah because you you will like i've only heard you say that i've seen no buzz about it but i feel like you've said it enough that i feel like it's possible
0: yes um it's the secret
1: great <laughs> it's the secret
0: this is my audio vision yeah. board
1: yeah so that was uh that was also a game on my backlog because like i do want to kind of prioritize uh i i made a list of games that i don't think it's it's worth beating a game for the sake of saying i beat it because I think that there's some games out there that you truly don't need to like complete to get the full effect of it so like i've set certain landmarks to myself in games where i'm like okay i want to at least do this so yeah. i want to at least get to this point i do think in near uh near automata that that's a game that really does like its full intention comes into zero focus in the last minute like that game hit me the hardest as i was deleting my save file <laughs> and then make it slow you just see everything go like boop, boop, like it's all taken away
0: uh, that's um, lovely
1: yeah so but yeah i think uh i'll definitely keep a re- uh, look out for stuff coming out that looks cool but i'm going to try to focus on the backlog yeah um, for myself and maybe for the show as well
0: and i'm going to try to focus on kingdom hearts 3 but have fun with your backlog <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm going to get Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. <laughs> I kind of have to. Uh, although you're the bigger... I'm definitely a fan, but you are like... I think that series means to you what certain games mean to me. Oh, yes.
0: Um, Should we wrap up for the week? Yeah, let's wrap up. Okay hey everyone who's still listening uh, thank you for doing that first of all um, thank you to everyone who's left a review on iTunes if you'd like to do that uh, that would mean a lot to us as well uh, we have a Twitter account it's at into the cast on Twitter you can follow us there for updates on the show um, just general weirdness I think abound um, and yeah I th- that's all the stuff isn't it that's all yeah and that's it wow that was really fast I have nothing else to report it was fast you're a pro, man. What can I say? Well, anyway, I guess that having been said, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley uh, and play Steve. <laughs> there it is. I'm Stephen Hilger.
1: You can find me at uh, uh, MySpace. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Mm-hmm.
0: Have a wonderful day, week, month, year. Or- Bye. Uh, yeah if this is the last episode you ever listened to i hope you have a great life yeah did i say life too no wow. but i just you know just gotta add it on not everything needs a reason not everything needs a reason
1: i do love those pods anyway uh straight thoughts goodbye